and five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of America.com. I am Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with Harpo. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a first in the history of the broadcast. We have our first guest. His name is Matt Harrison. He was in Fallujah with us. Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up, gentlemen? All right. All right. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Been a long time uh, since we all been on the phone together, that's for sure. Yeah, I was, oh, that's right. I was thinking about it. I was like, damn, I, I can't remember the last time that you and I spoke. I did, you came back in 2007 to welcome them all home, if I'm not mistaken? No, no, man. Uh-uh. No, I, uh-huh. I left and never came back. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Then, yeah, because yeah, I, I got out, yeah, I got out uh, what, a few months after we got back from Iraq. Oh, then that must have been the last time we spoke. That was it. I think I added you to the Facebook yeah. friend and we, we messaged each other for a second. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, here we are. It is not only the first episode where we have a guest, but it's the first episode of the year. And did you guys have a good New Year? Yeah, man. Yeah. Spent it with family up in the snow and. Had a blast. Cool, cool. And you, you're still living in Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. I went back to Arizona and uh, been here ever since, since 2006. Yeah, so. Cool. All right. So let me give everybody a little bit of background. The three of us were in Iraq together, 2nd Battalion, 7th Marines. We were in the jump platoon. So we were Colonel Jola 12's personal security detachment. So we went over in July of 2005, came back. In January of 2006, yeah, we wanted to get, you know, Harrison on the uh, program and talk a little bit about Iraq, talk about what's going on. So I guess kind of my first question, you know, now that we're, you know, gosh, 15, almost f- f- over 15 years out, crazy. 15 years from coming back, what are some of the things that you guys still remember about Iraq? Like, what are the things that stick out the most? Man, that's a good question. Well, see, that's the thing is, like, I had, I had a little bit different experience I mean, I know there's a lot, I, dude, I know there's a ton of shenanigans that happen within like jump with, especially with like Neil and, and, uh, Clark and, and all of them. But I, I was with the Colonel, like every step. So I missed out on a lot of the, uh, a lot of the shenanigans outside of what happened in our own, me and Harpo's, uh, Humvee. But, um, I would say, God, probably one of my most favorite, the one, the one I uh, remember the most was Neil was in a high back and I forget the other guys, man, I'm horrible with names now. Um, but I forget. The, oh, the, I remember. I remember every one of them. The, the real you tall to run one looked like Lurch. What was his name? You talking about Ezra? Uh, not Ezra. Uh, Ertz or something like that. Yeah, Reyes. Something like that. Reyes. I mean, no, yeah, Reyes. Reyes. Another one. Reyes. It was. It was the. It was like Ertz or something. Yeah, it was like it, it was the quote unquote assault team high back. <laughs> Dude, we stopped yeah. off. So I forget what it was. I, I well, first off, I remember it was always a competition to see what we could get Neil to snort up his nose. I do remember that. And a lot of the a lot of the stuff came from the MRE MREs that we had. And then uh, the second one is I remember those jokers, man. They would, uh, which makes sense, right? They'd uh, piss in like water bottles or Gatorade bottles. I think we had at one point. And uh, I was sitting there, I was BSing with Neil, I was complaining about something again. And uh, he went and took a swig. Who was the blonde kid? That was Everett. Was that Everett? He's only yeah. he, he's only blonde that we really had. I mean, like blonde. So he was sitting next to Neil, and Neil undoes the cap of this Gatorade, unbeknownst to any of us or nor me. It was 
Evers literally just took a piss in that. Like that was his piss. And Neil drank that thing because you couldn't tell by the heat because it was just so hot. Man, he drank that thing like it was the last piece of water on earth. And I, just, and I remember Ertz or whoever his name was saying something and then he just made himself puke. But yeah, that's probably one of the more memorable ones I had. Oh, man. I remember, you remember the kickball match? Yes. Oh. Oh, no, no, not kickball. Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Excuse me. I remember dodging it. Dodging the dodgeball. Ball. Yeah, the dodgeball match. You remember the dodgeball match? We were the Whirly Birds. Yeah, the Whirly Birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was our team name. So that was. Let me give you. Let me give you a little background. So on December first, two thousand and five, we had a very tragic incident where ten Marines were killed by a single IED blast. Ten Marines in <laughs> Fox Company, and. Uh, Colonel Twell and um, Sergeant Major Barrett wanted to do a little morale boost for Fox. So we went over to their FOB. We set up a dodgeball court. And our team, People from Jump, played People from Fox. And as I recall, I think, I think I'm going to say we whipped their ass. But somebody from Fox would probably say they whipped our ass. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, wasn't, I didn't partake into the, into the match because – me being the calm guy, they made me the announcer, so I had to <laughs> call people out. That was my job. Yeah, man, I remember. Yeah, I talked with uh, Cody Tanner. I don't know if you guys remember Cody Tanner. He was with, he was a fuck company. And he was, that name he was, Yeah, he was talking about something like that too. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that. That must have been you all. You know, was I there? No, you. Yeah, you were there. We 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 won then. It was. It was right at. It was right after you know the the big. The big Shabbat. Yeah. If I was, we if I was there, there to we do a morale boost. Yeah. We were yeah. we were all there. As a matter of fact, not not too long ago, I pulled up that picture because I was on the team. Sergeant Major was on the team. The Colonel was on the team. Dar was on the team. <laughs> Dar was our yep. interpreter. And Sergeant <laughs> Paris was on the team. I think Sumner was one of the players also, if I'm not mistaken. He, I'll double check he, he that. He probably was. I think yeah he was because he was a vehicle leader. I think every vehicle leader was on the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we played dodgeball and um, yeah. Oh yeah, and I remember that. I remember that. I remember on November 11th, the Marine Corps birthday. Oh God. We yeah. not a stream. Not a. I'm sorry. Forget. Oh my God. I'm about to get every Marine in that's listening to this is ready to rip my fucking head off. November 10th, the Marine Corps birthday. November 11th is Veterans Day. November 10th. Right. The Marine Corps birthday, we drove around and we had an Army PSYOPs unit come with us. And we blast, we went to every FOB in um, the AO and we blasted the Marine Corps hymn. And I remember the very first one we went to, we pulled up and like we sort of did like this sort of half assed security. It was like in there's an intersection in Fallujah. It was like the, the OP was like on, on uh, Route Michigan and one of the other fucking side streets. And we just rolled up and like, I just kind of, well, I was just, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was just kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, why are we just sitting in the middle of this fucking intersection? And then all of a sudden, do, 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 do. I was like, oh, shit. And everybody, they all, and all the, the Marines at the OP, like, kind of like popped their head out. It's like, what the fuck is going on? But then they were really excited. They really, really loved it. And then we went to like 20 OPs for the rest of the day. And I remember the fucking Army PSYOP sergeant at the end. I was like, man, how'd you do? And he's like, oh, I got the biggest headache right now. And I was like, Oh well, that sucks. <laughs> Do you remember the birthday cake? I mean, the cake was the size of the hood of the Humvee. No, I don't remember that. I remember that because I had to pull it out of the Humvee every 
the time we stopped because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure every Marine had a piece of birthday cake. I kind of sort of remember it now, vaguely. I could I could probably pull up some pictures of people actually eating the birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Send me some. That's cool. You remember that, Harrison? You remember every time we stopped, we had to pull the birthday cake out and put it on the hood of the No. Hood, and they did, yes, and they did like this little ceremony at every stop. Sergeant Major came up there and read it, served the youngest Marine a piece of cake and the oldest Marine a piece of cake at every Damn. stop. I remember it like it was yesterday. I need some memory loss pills. Are you sure it wasn't just like the pound cake from the M, uh, like an MRE pound cake that he just like passed out there? <laughs> no, 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 no. This one, this one. No, was actually, Doc, what they, they did the was they got like a thousand of those, put them together and just put frosting over all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't sure if you were getting poppy seed, lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like the, fucking The colonel Jesus. made it his mission. The colonel made it his mission to make sure everybody had a cake. That's kind of, I kind of sort of barely remember. Now, one thing I do remember is we had a little ceremony on uh, Mercury, Fob Mercury, where we were staying, and Juju Jamanin was the youngest Marine in the battalion. He was only like 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, and then there was one of the guys who was with the engineering battalion that was attached to us. He was the oldest one. Some sergeant who was like 68 or something. He was old. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I remember that dude. He was old. Salt dog. Yeah. Old salt dog. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like I, we kind of laugh at it now, but like if like we went over to Iraq now, we'd be like that guy where – be like, like, uh, oh, sure. can't remember. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably still be a fifty-eight year old sergeant. <laughs> 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 I'd have never made it any higher. But um, yeah, no, I remember. So we had the best Humvees. All right, so in the first Humvee, it was the Sergeant Major and Sergeant Paris, and and let me see, you guys were in the third Humvee, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then the second Humvee was a high back school, but I was in the rear, and it was me, Sumner. We switched uh, drivers. I, I even drove for a month, but it was me, Sumner, Reyes, and Dar. And since we were always in the rear, kind of nobody gave a fuck about us, so we could kind of do whatever we want. And me and Dar used to joke around, but I remember they put me as a driver. They put me as a driver, which was cool for the first week or so. But they gave me NVGs, but they didn't give me a fucking helmet mount, right? <laughs> So the first night, I had to drive home. I had, I was driving. I had the. Imagine trying to hold a pair of NVZs up to your head in the fucking dark, driving home. And we fucking, I hit a berm. I didn't damage a hundred people. I hit a fucking berm, and I didn't know this thing. And I didn't know how to. Um, I didn't know fucking marine radio uh, language. So I was doing like all navy ship language and everybody was like what the fuck and we had some weird lieutenant we we're driving around some lieutenant from some other battalion who was um looking at us like we were a fucking like we were the most jacked up bag of dicks in the marine corps and fucking yeah i just remember this this one guy was like um he was like he, this lieutenant was like just give me the radio and i'll fucking radio it in and he got on and he was fucking radioing for us so i was like uh all right so that damn navy guy yeah, yeah i know navy. i was like i was like i was actually i was like at one point, I was like, belay my last. And afterwards, Clark came up to me. He's like, Doc, we got to get you fucking spun up on the Marine Corps. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I was like, I don't need it. So. <laughs> Old Mason Doug Clark. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big 10-4 there, buddy. So, so you guys remember, for the first – when we started off, we had this guy named Sergeant Galavis who was a fucking – this dude was, uh, he was all, all jacked up. I didn't know any better because I had just gotten there. 
But he kept fucking up, fucking up, fucking up. But the last straw was our Humvee didn't have a fucking radio mount, right? We just got a Humvee without a radio mount. So he decided, all right, fuck it. We're just going to put the radio in the back between me and Dar. And it was on top of a seat cushion. So he's like, we're going to be fucking smart. We're going to put the radio on top of a seat cushion. And then we're going to put the Mark 19 rounds on top of the radio. And we're just going to kind of roll like that and hope everything works out fine. So we are, we go on a mission. It's a night mission. We leave. We're, we're luckily, thank God, only made it to Fallujah when all of a sudden I smell smoke and I look down and I'm like, holy fucking shit, the fucking radio's on fire. <laughs> so I think it was Everett's was driving, fucking hits the brake. Um, Reyes, knowing that the fucking Mark 19 rounds are on top of the radio, leaps out of the turret, fucking, I don't know, flies out of the fucking Humvee. We stop. <laughs> I reach in. I, I go, actually, I have a, actually this is Harrison Gears' oh, story. I, um, uh, uh, we all get the fuck out of the fucking Humvee and um, luckily, oh man, only by the grace of God, we, this happened right in front of Camp Fallujah, right in front of an outpost and some, the Marine that was on fucking sentry duty, it was like, it was like, we were like 20 feet from, the Marine was on sentry, comes running out with a fire extinguisher, thank God, blows it all out, right? But like, I had reached in to grab my med bag because my camera was in there because I love my little camera, I love taking pictures. And afterwards, Harrison, you come over like, Doc! If a fucking Humphrey's on fire, you let your med supplies burn. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. But like deep down, I was like grabbing my fucking camera. So <laughs> yeah. like, I gotta have that thing. Oh fuck. No, I remember that guy. Um dude, the first time I ran into him, right? So so do you do you guys know my backstory why I came to two seven and jump and all that stuff? Did I ever talk to you guys about that? Uh, go ahead and tell it again. I think I remember, but tell it again. Okay, so I was I was a sergeant, uh, a part of um, – I'm in charge of recaptured tactics team. It's a West Coast SWAT team for the Marine Corps up in Bangor, Washington, where the nuclear storage facility is. And it's like a one-and-a-half-year like one stint, and then you go back to the fleet. And there's one in, in Kings Bay, Georgia, too. I, I, I pulled some, some stupid shit, got busted down from sergeant to corporal. Sergeant Major EB is best friends with Sergeant Major Barrett at the time, right? Well – Sergeant Major EB was essentially on my side saying, like, don't bust him down. But this, the colonel we had hated recapture tactics team because all of our money was blue money. And technically our chain of, chain of command, because it was a Navy base, went through the Navy side, not the Marine Corps side. So it was this really, really weird kind of, like, thing that falls underneath the, Amy, or the, the, the Navy. So he hated us, dude, from the beginning. We did, Like, I didn't even own a pair of cameras. All we wore was, like, the, the flame retardant jumpsuits because we always had like the swamp and stuff that we'd use with that. Anyway, Colonel says, yeah, fuck off, Sergeant Major EB. I'm busting him down. I need to set an example of RTT. I'm like, oh, this is not going to go over good. So he busted me down, and I went to the Sergeant Major. I said, I'm like, dude, fuck this. I'm done. I want to go to the fleet. Like, this is bullshit. And he said, yeah, you know what? That's good. But with the schools I had, he's like, let me reach out to somebody I know. Two seven's about getting ready to deploy. So he asked me, he's like, Do you want to go to the deployable unit? I'm like, Yeah. So he reached out to Sergeant Major Barrett, and then I checked in. And the, so I guess long story short, I got sent, I was I, I got a favor done for me, I guess, by Sergeant Major EB in my last command, sent me over there to be the uh, Colonel's personal bodyguard and and uh, go down that route. 
the first time my experience with Sergeant G, I guess we can call him, I think it was G or V or whatever his name, I don't remember what his name is, was at Marsh Air Force Base. I think it was. We were doing like some yeah, yeah we were we doing training, training there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I did that. I walked in, um, just nonchalant, like it wasn't like no big thing that was going on at the time. Like there wasn't a mission going on. That was the first time. Yeah, I met yeah, you. probably. Yeah, that's right when I uh, checked there. in. Yep. And that motherfucker like puffed his chest out, like who the fuck? And like, oh, so I was a fresh, fresh corporal, right? I had to had to get my 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 chevrons back on and. You know, lose one of my stripes. And I remember this guy just puffing out his fucking chest, just an arrogant fuck. I'm like, all right, I've dealt with plenty of you guys in the last, you know, three years before I went to two seven. I was like, I dealt with, dealt with plenty of you guys. And then we we're going back and forth. And I swear, I've never been so close to wanting to fucking hit somebody. But that that was the whole thing. There was the whole arrogance, which you saw over. I saw over mm. in Fallujah as well. It was always someone else's fault. Like he wasn't mm. a. And nothing against the guy. Like it is what it is, right? You are who you are. It is what yeah. it is. Not a big deal. I don't. I don't give two shits anymore. But the fact is, like he just—you could tell he wasn't a good leader because he never took. Like it was always someone's fault, or always this, or something went wrong. And like me and him got closer after the incident because you know he's like, he's like, he's like, don't fucking talk to me like that, corporal. I'm like, dude. I'm like, I was a sergeant fucking two months ago, bro. Like slow the fuck down. Like mm-hmm. easy, you know. And we got along really well after that, but man, some of the stuff yeah. that because me and him talked a lot before Sergeant Paris came on, um, but yeah, he just man, he was uh, he was cancerous. Yeah, he was. Well, after this event uh, where the Humvee Con and Fire Knowles blew up and almost killed all of us, he got relieved like that night. And Sergeant Paris, who was fucking awesome, came through. And I remember talking to Sumner because Sumner had been with Weapons Company. And, like, as soon as, like, Sergeant Paris, he's like, we got the word that Sergeant Paris is coming. He was like, oh, yeah, Sergeant Paris is good to go. Man, we, we just got hooked up. He's, he's really good. And he was cool the whole time. Now, Sergeant Paris was awesome because, yeah, like, he listened to, like, Motley Crue and fucking, like, um, all these fun bands. He was actually, he was over in Desert Storm in 91 and got yeah, out for a little while and then came back in. Yeah, he was a manager at Hooters. Yep. That's right. That's right. Remember, That's right. That's right. Him, uh, having a debate, and he was sold on the fact that there is no reason to have soap and shampoo. That shampoo's a markup. That it all does the same thing. Because I think someone mentioned to him, like, "You want to use shampoo or something like that." I forget the, how we got in the conversation, and it was this whole drawn out thing. Like, like he wrote a thesis paper about it, of like why it's just a consumer markup like it's a waste of money and all this other stuff but anyways i digress i was just that, that popped in my mind now that now you guys are starting the engine going i wonder what that Probably owns it right by now, now. yeah <laughs> I, I don't know, know if he stayed in i need to find out if he's got one i'd go make reservations <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, i remember i i you know what it's funny because i actually remember that argument but my favorite sergeant paris memory is he got mad in on like we had what Xbox, so he got um, whatever Madden 05 or whatever it was, and he set it to easy, and he played, um, he had he played as the Chargers, and he's like, yeah, my my quarterback Philip Rivers has the fucking highest rushing, and the highest passing percentage in the entire league, and he set it to like like easy one, and then he'd get all pissed when he'd like he'd like win by like it like the final score of the games would be like 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 eighty seven to seven. And he'd get all pissed. He's like, fuck, I only won by like 80 points. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. 
My favorite Sergeant Paris memory. You remember when you had to give him an IV? Um, I did. When he smoked that, he smoked like a whole pack of Miamis. Yes, I forgot about that. Setting. I did have to give him an IV. Yeah. And he got so sick. Yes. We had to like, we were at somebody's fob. We were like at, I don't, I think Echo Company's fob, like little place. Colonel was doing a mm-hmm. meeting. And we were just sitting there waiting, and he like he either ate or smoked or he did something like a whole pack of Miamis, and he got so sick, and he he turned so pale. Doc had to sit there and give. Colonel yes. comes out of his meeting, and Sergeant Parents is over there sitting on the cot with an IV stuck in him, and we're like, Colonel, we're gonna have to wait a minute. We can't leave yet. Sergeant Parents ain't feeling. I remember me and Hunter practicing on each other doing IVs. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, Harrison, the one time I had to give you an IV, I was actually a little worried. So we were all at Echo, and all right, all right so I'll, I'll just have to start from the very beginning. We went to the CMOC. The yep. We went to the CMOC, and one of the Iraqi Army soldiers was there, was like, hey, do you want me to run to, like, the Iraqi equivalent of KFC and get you guys some chicken? And, like, everybody who was on their second deployment, they are like, fuck no. But all the rest of us were like, sure, we'll eat some of this chicken. So... He went and got it, and we all ate, and sure enough, the next fucking day, we were all fucking, well, most of us were pissing out of our ass. Harrison, it hit you. You were puking. It was hit, hit you in the stomach. hit everybody else in the fucking gut. And I remember I had to give you an IV of phenogrin, which is anti-nausea medication. I gave it to you at the BAS. You like, and, but it makes you really, really, like, it, it, it makes you really drowsy. I gave it to you at the BAS. I, like, you, like, stumbled back to the fucking hooch. And I put you in bed, and you slept for 24 hours. And, like, the first, like, 16 hours, I was like, okay, cool. But then, like, the, the, then it was, like, starting to get on. And, like, I, like, I poked you a couple times, and you didn't move. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. We just fucking killed this Marine. And then, like, you finally woke up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank God. Like, just needed my, just needed so. my rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember seeing like, oh shit. I don't remember that. That's crazy. But, well, it didn't hit you. I, I well, so while you were asleep, you, know, you missed the party. The, like the rest of us were fucking pissing out of our ass. Like I said, I had three uncontrollable diarrhea shits. Hey, we like, were, we were, we were drawing numbers at the porta yeah. like you did when you go in yeah, to get a yeah. haircut. <laughs> at the oh, yeah. The first time, the first time I was like, oh god, and I thought I, I made it. The second time. I just barely made it. And then like an hour later, I fucking, I was, we were playing uh, Halo or something. All of a sudden I had to go, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, and I had to fucking, I like steamrolled out of there and got, got a little shit on my fucking, on my fucking camis. <laughs> Couldn't hold that one in. Like it was literally uncontrollable. I was like, get my fucking way. Fucking so. great. But, yeah. 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 And that, yeah, and I, you know, I wonder what happens to all these people. Do you guys never know what happened to First Sergeant Hawk? Oh, God. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I remember it. I got a First Sergeant Hall. Oh, let me hear it. I want to hear it. I was going, I, I was going, you know, his, you remember, like, when, when we walked out of our building going towards the, the shitters in the shower mm-hmm. house, his little room was right there on the left in that little courtyard area okay. that we had, right? So... I remember walking one morning, and he caught me. Hey, Corporal Harper, why don't you come over here for a minute? I'm like, shit, what the hell? What's going on now? So I go over, he pulls me in his little room. His room was his office, too. He said, uh, 
He said, I just had something come across my first sergeant blog on the internet. Your wife's done got a speeding ticket on base. Like, what the fuck's that got to do with me over here? He said, uh, he said, you think you can tell your wife to slow down on base? I said, sure, just, first sergeant. That dude just wanted that, uh, that dude just wanted to, to tell her to slow to down in 29 miles. You just wanted someone California. to talk to you half the time, I swear, man. Just awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Like, I'm like, yeah, the first sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> you may go home and reprimand that dude he had white sock radar like if you were if you had like anything oh, yeah. more than like a quarter millimeter of your white sock showing like he was there he was like oh what's going on with those white socks uh i see you i see you i see him there hayden you got your white socks on what's yeah, going on fucking geez, dude. <laughs> oh and you know yeah. actually you know who came up today i was i was um at work just telling stories and um you remember, you remember Killer Kwame? That sounds familiar. Who is that? Yeah, he was the, the Kwame was a, he was the yes, one guy. yes. I he I think I just saw a post about him just recently that someone ran into him. Was that you? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Who I just I, didn't. You just I just saw it. Yeah. Well, it was one of what, somebody. I forget, but yeah. Oh God, dude! I remember. Oh my God! I don't want to derail this, but. Do you want me to derail or? Well, if it's a if it's a good story, I got a story about that motherfucker. I think we were, dude, we were coming back. I think we were on the bus or something. We were coming back after deployment, or it could have been like you know Kuwait or something. As we're leaving, we're we're going home type of thing. And this motherfucker kept talking about this dick hardening enhancing like paste that he'd get from like the motherland, like like. Where I, I forget exactly where he's from. I know, but where exactly? I forget exactly Africa, where. But he kept fucking talking about this, and you know how he has that accent, right? Like that. I don't know if it's like is it French or or, or kind of has like a because I know they speak French over there a lot, but it kind of has like this this accent. I don't know if you guys remember how he sounds. But oh, he'd be like, he'd be like, oh Harrison, oh, you, yeah, you just you, you take it out and and you just you rub it on like this, and he's like doing the stroking like with his hand. Like imitating, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, it's just ointment. I get back home. He's like, oh, it, it makes you hard, hard, strong. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now, bro? <laughs> but like, I, like he's so passionate. Like when he talks, like he's just he means everything he said. Yeah. You know, because we were talking about that yeah. and him getting like a citizenship he's and stuff. And he he got onto that, and he's mm -hmm. just like, if someone brought something up, yeah. He's like, no, 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 you don't use pills. I got this, I got this, this, you put it on. And he talks with his hand and he's like, just imitating, like stroking himself. Like, you just rub it in like this. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, this motherfucker's probably strapped like an elephant tusk, bro, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's probably a millionaire. Yeah. It's by the FDA. No, my Kwame story, I remember we were, so at our, at our fucking um, fob, we had a, a couple Cadillacs with showers and one of the line companies came through and they hadn't showered in forever. And the shower only had, it had a limited amount of water in it. You know what I mean? So you couldn't waste water, but like the whole line company came through, they hadn't showered in like a fucking month. So they didn't care. They were, everybody was taking a shower as they should have, as they should have. But Kwame goes in and he's like, you got to save the water. You got to save water. And I was just like, I was like, they started the, the, the fucking line guys started yelling at him. And I was like, Ooh, I'm Kwame, I'm staying out of this one, man. Like these dudes are but fucking water police. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, but yeah, uh, him. And then 
Yeah, there are a lot. There are lots of people that like I hadn't. Who else? Like, who else have I forgotten about? Is there, is there anybody else? Oh my god, Any other characters? There's a ton. Yeah, God. There's there's a, there's a couple characters. I still stay in, stay in contact with. Justin Deaton Brock. He was with uh, what mm-hmm. Charlie Company. I stay or golf. Yeah, no, I stay in contact with him. With Cody Tanner um, with Fox. I remember it was Tanner's buddy. I forget his name. Redhead dude. Dang, 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 dang. It's on the tip of my tongue. I remember they did a 550 core because they because they were they were on the uh, the Euphrates. They were at the dam. That LP, you guys remember that LPOP? The dam. They did a 550 oh, repelling yeah. cord, and I remember it snapped, and one of them fell in the Euphrates, and they had to call a hazmat, and he was contained for like six or seven days. And I forget the I forget the dude's oh. name, man. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but I can go on. I met up. It's it's funny how small of a world it is in the Marine Corps. Like that unit, I met up with guys that I trained with at close quarter battle school in um, Virginia. Where where were we? Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, One of the staff sergeants, uh, uh, Kane, Staff Sergeant Kane. I don't know if you guys ever ran into him. Uh, Me and him went to uh, Urban Sniper School, Damnick, Virginia together. So like it's it's crazy how small like the the world and Justin Deatonbrock he was me and him know each other from recapture tactics team but he was on the Georgia team not the Washington one so yeah it was pretty crazy it was a cool experience going back to the fleet I tell you what if I did it all over again I would not opt for security forces I would have done the fleet the whole time yeah I don't have I have no yeah dude I, I tell I you what dude one of the freakiest mm-hmm. probably one of the the freakiest ones was uh dude remember that IED we hit. Harper, this yeah, one, there were one, ten of them. No, the, this one hit. This one hit us fucking hard, like dude, hard. But this well, we one had, was we had three to me was significant. We it was. Right. I think we're. A, what's the one that separates north to south? That's Henry, right? Michigan, the one that goes right down the oh, middle. No, that was Michigan. Yeah, Michigan was in the middle. Fuck, I thought right that was Henry. Middle, Anyways, right, we're on that. We're next. I think we were next to coming up on that the mosque. The mosque where we where we took fire one time. Yeah, it was one of those curve. It was it was an IED that was yep. built in like a curve or something like that. Dude, that that fucking thing rocked. I remember finally uh, coming conscious and like all I saw was it was just fucking dust. You couldn't see anything. Like the entire inside of the Humvee was just dust. Like I couldn't see the colonel in front of me. I I remember reaching out and I remember yep. hitting his Kevlar, so he was still there. And I looked over, and Harper, I don't know if you were – man, your head was down. I don't know if you were conscious. I, I don't know what happened. But I remember shortly after that, but you couldn't fucking hear shit. I'd say that that one was, uh, for me, maybe there's a reason I don't remember the other two. But <laughs> that's uh, – yeah, maybe that's where the memory loss comes from. That one that one was legit. That one was fucking legit. Yeah, that one that one got us. You know, that, we, that one hit us, and we had one yeah, 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 by yeah. ECP-5. But we actually we actually went past ECP five going towards Ramadi for a little ways, and we out there probably sniffing our nose somewhere we shouldn't have been. And we mm-hmm. got whacked. And then the third one, I don't know, Harrison, if you were with. No, you wasn't with us on the third one when we got hit because Sergeant Major, remember Sergeant Major and the Colonel were in the same vehicle. The only time they ever rode together. Yeah, we I think there was a new sm- area of operation, yeah. and we got whacked. We got whacked, man. That one whacked us good. That one got me on my side. That one hit me right. That hit us on the pat, <laughs> on the driver's side, right underneath my ass. And uh, that was the only time the sergeant major and colonel rode together, which was you know was a big no no. But uh, we were looking at. Well, I remember, I remember the sniper fire we got with the uh, with Colonel Berger. 
when we're not with his team. You know, he's a commandant now. You know that? I think Burger's I got to Google that. The new, the new commandant? Burger? I'm sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. Wow. Shit. He's a commandant of the Marine Corps. Got to right get now. him on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah. the one I remember, there are four that I remember specifically. The very first one was the, the very first IED we got hit by the deployment. Damn near killed the colonel. And it was uh, yep, yep. right in the, the windshield. windshield yeah. And that, that was yeah. the one that was the one right yep, past yep. EDP five. And that one, that that if he didn't have we had like just like a week or two earlier just gotten the ballistic glass put in. And um yep. they, we were driving, we were driving, and I remember I was actually this is the middle of the afternoon. I was I'm ashamed to say, it, but I was kind of I was starting to fall asleep a little bit. I was a little drowsy, and then boom, this hit. So like we're like, oh so I went. You know, everybody dismounted. I went and checked everybody out. Everybody was okay. I saw the, the fucking crater in the um, window. And then we were like, all right, we, we, it was the middle of nowhere. It was like, there was like a, there was like a fucking shack, like, uh, like a quarter mile down the fucking road. So we were like, all right, whatever. We mounted up. But we had just gotten the Blue Force tracker. So like, we're driving, driving, driving. And then as we're driving away, all of a sudden, boom, there's another one, like a hundred meters behind us. And Reyes was like, oh, fuck, another ID. And I, like, I did the math. I was like, you know what? I bet you that's like the fucking dome of the fucking blue force tracker or blue not blue force tracker, whatever the blue rhino whatever the fuck it was called the fucking electromagnetic device that 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 blocked him yeah so that one so we just missed that one i don't, I don't know how you yeah. ever have this shit i was i was the doc so i had to watch everybody so that's why i remember all the fucking ieds and i'm i gotta say i'm probably the luckiest doc in the in the entire iraq war because we got hit so many times but they either missed us every single time or the armor held up and then the one that almost got us was it was I'm gonna say we were just better. Uh, yeah, well, that too, that too. Yeah, we were fucking good. We were fucking, yeah, I take that. Fuck them guys. We were good. And then the one that um that almost got us, but my vehicle. It was not late night. Right after sunset, we're dry. We're RTB. We're going back to base. We're heading, um, I guess what east on Michigan, and one detonated like ten feet ahead of our Humvee on the right side. It blew out the front right tire. Rez like dropped. I thought he was dead for a second. He was he was unconscious for I don't know maybe thirty seconds or so. But he finally came to. But this one, it, like I said, it was like maybe ten feet ahead of us. And I was I thought to myself afterwards, all right, we were doing like forty five miles an hour. Like how long does it take to drive ten feet at forty miles an hour? I was like, if this trigger man had waited a quarter of a fucking eye blink longer. He would have fucking killed all of us. Like Dar definitely would have gotten Dar it. Dar would have Sumner would have gotten it. I was on the other side of the Humvee. Hey, Ray Dar would have flown out the fucking turret. I would say Dar somehow would have lived. Dar would have been the only oh, yeah. Like what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> what you the know, why the fuck are you guys not? What the fuck? Just, just reattach the arm. Uh, I fucking told him. Who's gonna take me home? Who's <laughs> gonna take me home? Uh, I got tea. I got tea yeah. to go drink. <laughs> I got chai. I got chai. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doc, you re- you remember having to sew that guy up, that Iraqi up, when he shot himself in the leg? Yes. Yes. So. Or, or you had to you had to bandage him. Yes. Up. You remember? And I have. <laughs> funny what we remember. So I remember we got to so we got to this fob, and this this Iraqi comes out and he's kind of he's like on crutches, and he was an Iraqi army soldier and he came out on crutches and Dar was like, "Can you help this guy out?" And I was like, sure, sure, sit down. And he had a bullet wound that was a through and through his calf. Mm-hmm. And it had 
and he was healing. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I don't have a hospital to go to. I don't have anything. I was like, man. I was like, so I just what I said. I said, Harpo, go to your Humvee and get me my um my fucking. I had in every Humvee, I put a little fucking ammo crate of medical supplies, right? And I said, but I put in your Humvee, I put two, and one of them was the emergency medical supplies. The other was just like the gauze and a first aid kit, right? So I was like, Harpo, go get me the right. fucking medical supplies in your Humvee. You're like, Roger that. So you came back. I guess I didn't specify. You came back with the wrong one. And I opened it up and I didn't have like my gauze and stuff. And the colonel comes over and he's looking and I'm like, my gauze isn't in here. He was like, doc, you should probably know your gear a little better. And I was like, I didn't say it, but I thought Harpo got the wrong fucking box. I'd have my fucking shit if he'd gotten the right fucking one. But anyways, we figured it out. But yeah, we, um, we got him bandaged up. And all I could do, I, in classic Corman style, I was like, hey, man, here's a bunch of ibuprofen. That's, it's a Motrin. That's all I can do for you, man. And this dude just like walked around with it. I was like, oh, Motrin. So I remember he, he did. You on the cheek. He did. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. He gave you a big old. Yeah, smooch. that Thank was you. as close as I got to sexy time the entire deployment. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that. Guy. Yeah. No, I think about that guy every once in a while. I bet he's still living. Oh. I bet he's still yeah. living. If he's if he's still alive. But yeah, no, nah, I bet you he is. But yeah, no, we hit. We got. We got, I remember the first two months, there was like nothing. And then all of a sudden, the IED started. They didn't stop until we got on the fucking plane back home. <laughs> still, I think they're still yeah. going off. I still move over on the side of the road if somebody's parked on the side of the road. Do y'all do that? Or have y'all graduated from that? I still move over. If there's something on the side of the road that I can mm, Yeah, I'm not going to bad. Well, what, what I get. I do around here. What, the thing that gets me, what I get is when I see a pile of garbage. Like, I, I, I if I'm like. I don't jog as much anymore, but like if I used to be jogging and like I'd see like a pile of garbage, I'd like run out of the way. But oh, shit, I ain't I ain't jogged since I got out. I but I'm running, I just, I just got to be faster than you. That's all. Hey, you just can't be the slowest one. That's all I can tell you. Smoke, I'm out. You're the slowest. I'm sorry. I'll come to your funeral. Yeah, the piles of garbage I avoid, and then I I had I had one crazy about jeez maybe like two years ago. I was driving to work and just the same route I take every time. And I saw a woman, she was like on the sidewalk, but she was like sort of like down on her haunches and crouched down like the Iraqis do. You know what I mean? And I, she wasn't Iraqi or something. She was like Asian. Oh, but like I flashed back for a second. I was like, oh, fuck. And I just like seen her in that position. Yeah. Close I was up. like, fuck. It felt like the Fallujah again. And every time I smell fucking yeah. sewer, I think. Yeah, Fallujah I would too. say with me, so. it's more, it was more of the dreams but I, I, I mean, call it, I don't know what you call it, but I mean, ever since I had kids, like I, I really don't once in a blue mood, I, there's indicators I stay away from, you know, like uh, certain, certain liquor and stuff like that. Like, like Jack Daniels, like I can't touch that shit. Like I would love to, but so there's certain triggers I think I've learned over the years and I just don't do those, which is, which has definitely helped out a lot. We'll say, I'll say with me is just the, um, yeah, it's probably just more anger issues than than mm -hmm. anything but fuck that could be kids too so who knows yeah i was gonna say my time yeah i i i have zero there's a there's a thin line yeah if, if but no I, line, I, I think i'm one of the few line. lucky ones with what we've been through and stuff and i was able to find my triggers early it was you know it was a, it was a few uh few rough years but i was able to, to to find my triggers and i think that's the biggest thing now is just really you know that there's no cure-all i talk with 
you know, with Justin and Cody and a bunch of guys that I was with, you know, it seems like there's one like constant, like you either do find those triggers and you stay away from them or you don't and you kind of encourage them. Like you almost like some people are drawn to it. Like they don't want to forget or whatever it may be. And then like, cause I remember one guy, I'm not going to say his name on, on, on this, but we, we, we hang out a lot. And obviously it, it, there was, when I first got out those, those few years I was talking, referring to, there was four of us Marines, all did. Well, besides Dylan, Dylan, I, I don't know if you remember Dylan from Motor T. Besides him, um, there, you know, we all, we all, uh, roomed together in the same house. We rented a house. And there was one guy, man, I'll tell you what, we start off and obviously you bring up the stories and you talk and stuff like that. And you start talking about it. And then, you know, we're drinking. And then, man, I tell you what, dude, he would, he would make a hard, hard right. And it would just, it would go from like fun to like, like not fun slash dark, like dude, like someone getting suicide watch on this dude type of thing, you know? So, but anyways, mm -hmm. that, that I, I think, you know, talking with that and talking with a lot of people and I, I got involved with this, this group, uh, 22 too many, you know, with, 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 the, they got a lot of like uh, smaller groups, but one of them out here and, and just being out there to, you know, listen, you know, to, to Marines and, um, it's veterans, not just Marines. And just hearing the stories is they're actually, uh, the interesting thing about it is they're, they're all pretty familiar. You know, all, you know, the more and more you talk to people and you, and you hear their story and their side of it, it's just, it, it, they're very, they're all very, very familiar, you know, which is, I, I thought was interesting from a, I guess, a psychology aspect of it, but I'm with you on finding the triggers, but like, you, you, the triggers change, at least they have for me. My triggers have changed throughout how my kids have grown up. Like the older my kids get, uh, I know my triggers are going to change. Like like now I got, a, I got a daughter who's, you know, middle school. She's ready to start going to like, you know, middle school basketball games, you know, and, and you know, having friends come over, different friends, you know, come over and spend the night and stuff like that. And it, well, I think the thing is – I'm gonna go ahead. And, at least it is for me, because I'm I'm not a, I'm not about you no. Know, like, and I think what it is like you you consciously have to make so. the effort. Those triggers, you know, are, it's not one of those things like you know I'm gonna go to the VA and I'm gonna talk with a psychiatrist, right. you know, and I I would encourage anybody to do that. It's free, first off, and it could give you perspective for sure. You know, and you're talking with someone that talks with a lot of right. people the same situations, but you know, outside of that, you know, I, I think it, it takes. I, I think what a lot of people is it's like you know qu quitting smoking. You know, which which I did, but it, but it wasn't easy. You know, and, and like I said, but it's it, it it's not something that's like okay, you know, it, it gone away. You know, it's something that can always like come back, right? That, that someone's always knocking on the door, scratching the door. You know, I think that's really what a lot of people forget is it's mm -hmm. it's just it's just this constant yep. like reminder, like okay, whoa, don't do this, or I'm having this feeling, or you know, for me, you know, I, it's it's weird for me, like you know, obviously with with the short views and stuff like that, which which I have to, especially in my line of work but on the service side, is I have to be aware of that. And for me, it I think it's forced it because like my entire body will get like a um, God, how do, how do you explain it? What would it be? It would be um, almost like a like a tingling. It'll start from my top of my scalp, you know, go down and it'll stop like at my chest. And I, just, I get this tingling and I think it's obviously like a blood pressure thing. And at that point I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to step away. I need to just think of something else or go away. But anxiety. Yeah. No, so I had a, um, I actually had a rough period that 
I've over the last couple of months have um, been pulling out of. But right after my daughter was born, um, we moved back to L.A. from New York, started a new job, was really unhappy at the job and just like readjusting it. And just all the pressure just sort of opened this fucking can of PTSD worms, man. And like started going, went going on, um, started going down to the vet center. Um, which is like affiliated with the VA, started seeing a counselor and he's helped a whole, whole lot. But, but Harrison, you know, I, I, I think you said a lot of things you hit right on the nose. It's, it's really just about number one, recognizing it. And, and number two, the, the fact that it's always there, you know, like there, there are some days where I'm doing great and I'm like, fuck, do I even right. have PTSD? Like, is this even a thing? And then like, you know, another a day or two later, something will happen and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's, it's like, it's still there. It's always in the shadows. So you can never take it for granted um but then you know you never take it for granted when things are going good but then on the flip side the thing that keeps me going when things are really bad is like all right this is just temporary like we can get back to a you know a healthy stable place we just have to you know get through this period and and work through it and um but yeah but it's 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 moderate yeah and i think it's one of those idle hands you know what i mean what do they say idle hands of the devil's work or something i don't know the thing it's harper probably knows it but uh, yeah. that saying, like, I, I think that's, I mean, that that goes for obviously a lot of stuff because the saying wasn't made around PTSD. But I would tell you what, you know, one of the things is like, um, you know, being being active. I think really the big part is, it, it, like, I, I'm no, I'm no better, and I'm not taking shots at anybody. Um, but I think a lot of us, when we got out, uh, not only obviously as we're struggling through, like maybe some some mental issues and stuff like that trying to readjust to like civilian world, yada, yada, you know, fill in the blank there. But I think mm-hmm. from a health standpoint, you know, a lot of people um, got unhealthy. And I'm not saying overweight. I'm just saying in general, you know, they don't have any responsibility mm-hmm. per se. So yeah. there is no limit on drinking. Not that there necessarily was, but you always knew you had to be in fucking formation at six o'clock in the morning. So like there was some kind of tolerance there. Or we were busy and you couldn't drink while you're busy or out in the range or something. So there was something that was keeping you from going like full bore, right? And I, I think a lot of mm. people, at least the ones I've, I, it's almost like I've, I'm not even looking at the same person with some people that 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 I keep in contact with when I saw them or I see them for you know it has been a long time or something like that. And it, and like I said, this has nothing to do with a weight thing. It's just it's a um, it's like a, just a overall health of like the body. And I think that's where it can definitely help exclamate really what is going on internally to where it sounds so cliche, but you know, the, you know, healthy body and, and, and mind, like, I mean, that goes, that goes a distance unless you want to, unless you want to pop pills, but you know, that's, that's different. That's a different story. Definitely. And you know, another thing that I found interesting too, is, is sometimes the things that give you strength or sometimes the things that can be challenging too. So, like one of the things when I'm in a, um, a tough situation, I'm like, hey, man, I made it through Iraq so I can get through this. And like sometimes that gives me a little extra confidence or a little boost to keep pushing forward. But then sometimes I'll be I'll get tripped up by something that should be kind of simple. And it's like it's like, why the fuck am I struggling with this? I fucking made it through Iraq. So wh- why is this giving me a hard time? And like um like harpo you just said uh you know you don't you know with the kids coming over to your house like you know my my daughter's still four so i'm not that age yet but like that's the kind of thing that should be you know they're just they're little kids running around like it's just little kids they're not 
Yep. They don't have an AK-47. They're not fucking laying IEDs. They're not trying to fucking kill me. So why am I having such a hard time? Or like, I'd be at, you know, my, my previous job, I'd get like, I'd, um, I'd just be on the computer and like, I'd get confused with something like in Outlook. And I'm like, it's just, it's the fucking computer. Like, why am I having so much difficulty? And that kind of spirals. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of take, you know, not taking for granted, like, you know, the, the real world, like it, 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 it seems like it's easy, but it's sometimes it's these little things that get us tripped up and get us, get that fucking negative um, thought spiral going and Ten bucks, Randall, just open up start here. spiraling down. So, <laughs> did you hear? It? I, I, can, I can hear you walking over there, sliding your no. Crocs on the ground, opening the fridge, well, closing I, it, hearing the jingle from the from the the, 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 the case of beer that's probably in there, and then just the of the of the new one. <laughs> Those are trained ears, bro. Trained ears. Sound like my wife. Oh, wow. It's my last one. I'm drinking. Don't treat yourself too good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the original good. red, white, and blue. Oh, so dear kind God. Of, Run, Stacy. My wife better. Run. My wife I better get a Facebook ready. instant messenger up. Run. I'm Run, Tater Tot. Run. She's probably she's probably got the Troop County Sheriff's Department <laughs> speed dial. So, so I guess so. No, she's been with me seventeen years. I don't think she's going nowhere. All right, all right. Do you know what story I just remembered? Harpo, I know you're going to remember this. Do you remember when I got the Trick <laughs> Electric Pen? I remember. And we got we got the card from my mother. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Well, we're going to, we had, we were like, we had, we had to figure out a way to fucking get people to, to do the pen. So I got a card and I said, it's my mother's birthday coming up. We want to send her something from Iraq. Can we send it to you? And we gave it to people and they got shot. And finally we gave it to Gunny Hunter right. and he got, he's like, ah, and like, he flew, and he threw the pen and the pen broke. But he's like, <laughs> I kept my military bearing. I kept my military bearing. I'm like, you broke the pen is what you did, motherfucker. I'm like, <laughs> And but and then I said and then I sent that card to my mother and she loved it. Yeah, there's so a lot of story with that it. card. So and then Yeah. I told her the story later. She'll listen to, she listens to every podcast, she'll get a kick at it. So and then um the other thing, Gunny Hunter, I remember on the way home, right before home, he's like, All right, when we get back to March Air Force Base, there will be some people. They're going to they're professional huggers, they're volunteers. When you get there, you will hug them. You're like, Roger that. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, we will. So I, I hugged the old ladies, you know. So, oh, you missed that? He was like, he's like, when you see them, you will hug them. I, I, I got out a lot of okay. stuff. Okay, I didn't do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I had the ultimate trump card. Anytime I'd be walking around or something like that, and someone would say something like, "Nah, dude, I gotta, I gotta go with the colonel." Like, oh. They would see me walking. They just knew, like I was up to no good. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. they just knew there, there's nothing they could do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that a lot too. Yeah, first, first actually, first Sergeant Hawes kind of laid off me. Um, I was squared away, but he was he kind of laid off me because yeah, there were there were one or two times like Doc, what are you doing? I asked the <laughs> Colonel about it. Like, what can he say? Like, mm, all right. Yeah. So, 
So, all right. Well, we got to start wrapping it up. This has been real fun, man. This has been real fun. I've had, I had a good time. You guys reminded me a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about in a while. So do you guys have, uh, no, man, I think, Harrison, uh, you got any final thoughts? I think I said my piece for, for this episode. All right. All right. Harpo, how about you? I got to get, I got to get, I got to get over to your yeah, place, Harpo. Totally agree. Maybe or maybe we go more. to La La Land. No, that, that's, that place is fucking shut down. It is. Yeah, we can't. No, we can't get a lot of. You know what? I'm I'm ready for right, my okay. place so to get back to under, up... under uh, normalcy. It sounds like you only need to come out this, there. This state, of, this state of Georgia, this state of Georgia shit is just driving me crazy. Tomorrow, tomorrow is it? Yeah, tomorrow. Anytime is it. you guys want to come to Arizona, let me know. I'll buy you a ticket. My word. Jump <laughs> is going to be over. Well, not, oh, not you, all right, you, cool. you guys can drive. Maybe, You're like five hundred. Maybe will. Maybe will. <laughs> You, you, you yeah. Just, yeah. You just pitch, pitch me a tent. Yeah. So I guess my final. <laughs> I got a big enough house. Wife and kids can sleep you, you, inside. You have to sleep I'll outside. Sleep in the tent. I will. Hey, all right. You, hey, but you you still pinch me a tent. All right. So my final thing. I'll, here's what I'll say. When I enlisted. My, both of my grandfathers were Marines in World War II in the Pacific. And I knew I wanted to work with the Marines, but I wanted to be on the medicine side of the house. So I went down to the recruiter, and I, uh, it was a Marine recruiter. And he was at the USS um, Intrepid, which is in um, New York City. It's an aircraft carrier. It's a museum now, but they have a recruiting station down there. So I went down, spoke to the Marine. And I was like, hey, I want to be a medic for you guys. And he's like, corpsman is the job that you want. It's in the Navy. And I remember thinking to myself, fuck, man, I don't want to be in the, like, like the Navy was always like the last branch of the service that I'd want to join because I don't want to be stuck on a fucking ship, you know? Um, but I was like, you know what? I want to do what I want to do. So I went down to the Navy recruiter. She was like, oh, yep, we got Corman. We can sign you up. And later when I was in boot camp, I told the story to my fucking drill instructor. And they're like, she was like, man, you're lucky that Marine recruiter didn't lie to you and say, oh, yeah, we'll get you as a medic and sign you up. So my thing to everybody, <laughs> the best job in the Corps is a corpsman. So if you're thinking about joining, go Navy. That's all I'm going to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said your drill Oh, yeah. She was, was, a, she was actually a DT, so she was FMS. What <laughs> the hell? Yep. She was, she was pretty tough, too. <laughs> no, I got to give my I gotta give my O3s Navy. a shout oh, out. That's the best job in the ring. A female drill instructor. <laughs> Purple with a winding binder. Them damn Marines. All right, everybody. Hey, Harrison, thank you again, man. This has been cool. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing some of your stories. I love Burpee, though. Harpo, we'll do it again next week. And cut. We'll do it. (laughs) 